0: Hey, this is Mike Boddington, you're listening to the Core Life Training, what is it, Core Life Training Podcast, of course it is, with Jeff Olson. What's up guys, it's Jeff, and I'm in the Command Center bringing you episode number three of the Core Life Training Podcast. And in this episode, we have a question from Doug. This question comes from session one of a class called The Story of the New Testament. And Doug wants to know what's up with the guy that goes commando in the Gospel of Mark. The story about this guy is just two verses long, but it's been a confusing little passage for scholars over the years, and I'm going to take a crack at answering it in just a bit. And this week's metal moment comes from Ancient Warlocks, one of my favorite bands out of Seattle. And this week's drink of choice is Tough Love, which is a Russian imperial stout from Crux Fermentation Project in Bend, Oregon. This is a real, real Good one. So, we've had a pretty busy core life training schedule lately. We are currently in the middle of a six week class called Bible Study Methods. We're looking at narrative literature. We've been on Thursday nights for about an hour and a half working with a great group of people that are hungry to study. That's just been a blast to work with those guys. This last weekend, I spent six hours in Sisters, Oregon teaching a biblical theology of gender. Uh, what does the Bible say about gender? And then, how do we uh, deal with our culture and some of the things that we're going through? That was a killer time over there with those guys. And after the class was done, we got to spend the better part of a full day and evening in Bend with a couple of buddies of mine. It was a great time. And just to let you know behind the scenes, right now I'm working on getting five full classes available for you online in 2018. Working on the story of the Old Testament, the story of the New Testament, the story of the Psalms, the story of the end times, and predestination and free will. So I'm editing all of those videos and we'll have those packaged up and ready. So keep your eyes out open for uh, those classes to be available online real soon. Okay, a couple last things before we get started. I want to remind you that you can be part of making this podcast rule by giving us your questions about the Bible. You can drop those on our Facebook page, or you can email them to me at jeff at corelifetraining.org. And also, if you're digging the podcast, would you please leave a review on iTunes to help get it noticed by the rest of the world? That would be totally awesome of you. All right, so let's get started. Once you grab a Bible, grab a notebook, and grab your drink of choice, and let's get down to business. All right, let me start by just reading the text. This comes from Mark chapter 14. And just before this, Jesus has been arrested in verse 50 says that all his disciples had fled. So here's our text in verse 51. A young man was following him, wearing nothing but a linen sheet over his naked body, and they seized him. But he left the linen sheet and escaped naked. And my friend Doug wants to know what's up with this guy, and why is this little text included in the Gospel of Mark? It seems like it's kind of an add-on and doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And the truth is, this little passage has created a lot of confusion over the years for scholars Partly because the passage breaks the flow of the narrative. So if you look back up in verse 50, Jesus is arrested and all his disciples flee. And then if you skip down to verse 53, they take Jesus to the high priest and to the elders and the scribes and all like that. And that's actually a seamless flow to the narrative. Like that, if you just took 51 and 52 out, the narrative would work just fine. And so the story of this guy going commando in verses 51 and 52 actually breaks the narrative. And so some scholars say that this little passage actually makes no sense in the story. Uh, Some others say that it's really not important to the message of the author. And even some say that Mark is like a bad author or a sloppy author by breaking up his narrative this way. In my point of view, if there's a break in the story, if you're ever reading along and something sticks out like that, you might want to pay attention Because that break in the story is on purpose. These authors are smart and they know what they're doing. And so if there's a break in the narrative like that, it's important to the author's message. So you want to pay attention. It's also a confusing passage because the author just honestly isn't interested in answering lots of our questions. So like one question is, who is this guy? And scholars throughout the centuries have taken guesses at it. Some will say it's Mark, the author of the gospel, just writes himself in there anonymously. Others will say it's the apostle John. Some say it's James, Jesus' brother, who becomes church leader in Jerusalem in Acts 15. Some say it's Joseph of Arimathea, and some even say it's Lazarus. But uh, the author doesn't seem really to want to tell us about that. The author doesn't answer, why in the world is this guy commando in the first place? Like, was it just hot out that day? And that guy rolls out of the rack and says, yeah, I don't think so. No drawers today, man. It's too hot. Does he just like going commando? It's just more comfy that way. Uh, Did he get no drawers for Christmas that year? So he just didn't have any to wear. The author just doesn't tell us why he's going commando. How did this guy get there? Jesus and the disciples just before this were in the Garden of Gethsemane. How in the world does this guy know like where Jesus is going to be and where he's going to get arrested? Honestly, like, these are questions that the author just is not interested in answering for us, and so it makes the passage a little bit confusing. But the truth is he's not interested in answering those questions because those details aren't important to his story. He doesn't want us to know the answers to those questions. If the author wanted us to have those details, he certainly could have given them. God is big enough to inspire a text with all of those answers in there, but he didn't so as good Bible readers we don't want to demand the text answer our questions we really want to read the text and understand what questions the author is interested in answering what is he interested in telling us about and really our question here is what is this story doing in the text so let's just look at some of the details that the author does give us and we'll see if we can understand why in the world the author includes this text so the first thing we want to notice that the author says that this young man is following Jesus and in the Gospel of Mark, that is sort of code language for this guy as a disciple, right? This is the call that Jesus gave to his disciples back in Mark chapter 2, verse 14, where Jesus passes by Levi, the son of Alphaeus, and he says, you get up and follow me. In Mark chapter 8, verse 34, he summoned the crowd and he, uh, with his disciples, and he said to them, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And then in Mark 10, 21, Jesus talks to the young man who comes and asks what he needs to do to inherit eternal life. And Jesus says, you know the commandments. And the guy says, I've kept all these from my youth on up. And Jesus looking at him, felt love for him and said, one thing you lack, go and sell all you possess and give it to the poor. And then you'll have treasure in heaven. And then you come and follow me. So, This language of following Jesus sort of equates this guy with a disciple. So this guy's not like a paparazzi hanging outside the mall or the airport waiting for Jesus to roll by so he can take pictures. He's not following him that way. Uh, He's not like a police officer following him around trying to catch him in some trick or anything like that. This is actually a disciple of Jesus. And in the Gospel of Mark, the disciples are pretty dumb, but this guy's one of them nonetheless. Now, the next detail in the text is that this guy's wearing nothing under his clothes. He's buck naked under there. Again, the author doesn't say why. He doesn't give us any motive for that. He just says that it is. And as all the other disciples flee while Jesus is being arrested, this guy gets grabbed as if he's going to be arrested, and he wants to leave so bad that he leaves his clothes and flees naked. This guy is so determined to go that he leaves buck naked. So if you were just wearing a sheet, now just imagine this, if you were out on a day like this and you just happened to have a sheet and you were buck naked underneath and you got arrested, the cops came by and said, you're coming with us. Let's say even if you thought you were completely innocent and you had this instinct to flee, probably if you were naked under your clothes like that, you might just say, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and head down to the precinct with you and then we'll, we'll sort out all the details later, right? Like I'm not going to run naked. So what is the author doing here? He's highlighting this guy's motivation to flee. Like he is so motivated to flee that he doesn't care. He's buck naked and he's going anyway. Now, what does the author tell us about this? So there's an irony here. In the narrative, all of Jesus' followers are now fleers, right? They were followers and now they're all leaving. At the beginning of the story, like in Mark chapter 1, verses 16 to 18, They left everything to follow Jesus. The disciples left their nets to follow him. And in Mark chapter 10, verse 28, Peter even says, Lord, we've left everything to follow you. Now, in this text, they're leaving everything in order to flee Jesus. And this is the exact opposite of the discipleship that Jesus called for, right? He said, you come follow me, leave everything and come follow me. And they're doing the exact opposite. They're dropping everything so they can bail on him. So this man who leaves Jesus naked represents the lengths the disciples are willing to go in order to abandon the Lord. Like they're serious about getting out of there. They're not following Jesus. Come hell or high water, they are not doing it. And this is why the author includes this little picture, right? In verse 50, it says they all fled. And here is just this little picture, this little example of how motivated they are to leave. They're so motivated that they'll leave naked. Now we can mock the disciples and in the the gospel of Mark, the author holds them up sort of to be mocked, right? They kind of look dumb. They never get it. They don't understand what Jesus is talking about or what he's doing. Um, But the author holds the disciples up as a mirror for us, right? And we have to look at ourselves. We all can be pretty motivated in our own way to leave Jesus, to not follow Jesus buck naked, right? Different details for each of us, maybe not literally like in the buff or anything like that, but all of us in our own way make stupid moves where we abandon Jesus, we stop following Jesus, and we're pretty motivated to do it. So the question of the text is, when things get tough, when things are difficult, when it's costly, will you follow Jesus, or will you leave regardless of the cost and shame that it brings? So here in the narrative, when the disciples are all leaving Jesus at his arrest, the author inserts a little picture, two verses, that show us just how motivated and how serious they are about bailing out on him. Dig it, man. I hope that was helpful for you as you think about the Gospel of Mark and what that dude going commando was doing in the text in the first place. Oh, man, this episode's metal moment totally rules. This is from a band called Ancient Warlocks. They're from Seattle. And the first time we saw them was at Stumpfest at the Mississippi Studios here in Portland. And they got about two and a half songs into their set and their gear broke and they spent about 20 minutes trying to fix it and finally just had to bail on their set altogether, which was a total bummer but that was totally enough for me. Uh, We've got to see them again at Ash Street Saloon. We've seen them at Ceremony of Sludge. That was a rager at Tonic Lounge. That was so awesome. They put out two records with their original singer. Both of them rule. And this track is called Lion Storm. This is track number two off their first record called Ancient Warlocks. I hope you guys dig it. So kick back, grab your drink of choice, and crank it up, man. Let's do this. Isn't that totally rule? I mean, that song live at Ceremony of Sludge was unbelievable. Listen, I'm going to leave a link to their band camp. You guys should go check out Ancient Warlocks. Check out their merch. Check out their music. Buy their stuff. Can't wait till they come out with a new record and come see us again in Portland real soon. And finally, this episode's drink of choice is Tough Love, Russian Imperial Stout from Crux Fermentation Project in Bend. And we uh, we got to sample some of this while we were in Bend this last weekend. It is oh so good. It's got a little vanilla. It's got a little cherry. It's been aged in Kentucky bourbon barrels. This was $10 a pour at Crux in Bend, but man, it was worth every single penny of it. Really recommend if you like dark beers, if you like stouts, you should pick this one up and check it out. All right, that's it for this episode. Thanks for checking it out, man. So if you want to keep up to speed with classes that we're doing both live and online, if you want to know about new podcast episodes and everything else that we're doing at core life training you should go to the core life training facebook page and like that page and we'll give you all the information that you need all right man thanks again for checking out this episode my name is jeff olson i teach the bible and i will check you later